You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after the finale of a three-game series against the Phillies that quite simply did not go according to plan for the Braves on a Wednesday afternoon. A disastrous fifth inning was the undoing for the Braves and for Charlie Morton in a 7-2 to loss, and thus the Braves have dropped a series. Not something that's happened too awfully much since the winning streak in June that really turned the season around. So we'll talk a little bit about what went wrong and, of course, what's up next for the Braves. Before we get into all of that, though, I want to remind you to subscribe on YouTube to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. We are making the march toward 3,000 subscribers. We hope you'll be one of them, and we hope you'll enable those alerts so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And if you like the Braves postcast and you just like the Atlanta Braves in general, that's probably why you're here. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, we talked just a little bit before we got started here, but a fifth inning that really just kind of opened the floodgates for the Phillies and kind of sunk the Braves all in one fell swoop as it was just a sloppy day for the Braves just in general, it felt like, and that was the undoing of this club. Yeah, it really just was that fifth inning, and it was just terribly ugly for, you know, Charlie Morton, who like he was cruising through the beginning of the game, then all of a sudden just hit a roadblock, and it wasn't just the bottom half, the top half of that inning offensively was terrible as well. So that, like you said, was the undoing for the Braves on this series finale, another day game loss as well. Yeah, those day games just don't seem to be kind to the Braves. I believe 15 and 19 now in day games. It doesn't sound as bad as it feels, I guess, because it's only a few games under 500 because there have been some of these day games and these series finales especially. It's just felt like the Braves simply can't buy a win in some of these cases. But if you look over the lion's share of what Atlanta's done since starting that 14-game win streak on June the 1st, they don't lose very many series. It's just the fourth that the Braves have dropped since that time. Of course, the Cubs won two out of three to break the streak. For the Braves, then there was a series against the Dodgers that Atlanta had a very good chance to win, the series against the Mets, and now this most recent one against the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's jump inside the line score here. Game number 100 of the season for the Braves, so 62 to go. The finale of the three games set against the Phillies. Atlanta drops to 59-41. and 41. Two runs, five hits, two errors, very costly errors at that. Six men left on base. Phillies 51-47 and 47 with their seven runs on 10 hits, no errors, four men left aboard. Kyle Gibson, the beneficiary of all that run support, improves to 6-4 and four on the season. Charlie Morton, the loser, 5-5 five and five on the year. No save in a game that lasted 2 hours and 54 minutes, and a crowd of 29,038 fans were on hand to see it. Uh, the Braves did get a home run in this game. It belonged to Matt Olson. It was his 20th of the season, but as it turned out, that was not enough to get the Braves' offense kick-started after what was a rough fifth inning. So, Jake, let's dive into that a little bit more, because when you look at Charlie Morton's line score, you would think that maybe the whole game was a grind for him, but it really wasn't over the first four innings. I thought he was throwing the ball pretty well. I thought he was missing bats. I thought he had the Phillies lineup off balance, but you alluded to something. I want you to go into a little bit more. The top half of the fifth inning, the Braves hitting might have been something that led to the five-run bottom of the fifth, wasn't it? Yeah, I tweeted it out after that inning. I just thought it was a terrible at bats by you know the seven, eight, and nine hitter or, or eight, nine, and one hitters in the Braves lineup. McLeary is typically batting ninth, but not necessarily a ninth place hitter. But four pitches. I mean, Charlie Morton barely had a moment to sit down, and he while he was cruising through those first four innings, he did have a little bit of trouble in that fourth inning. He had first and third after some yep. good base running by Real Muto. Got a big double play to get out of that jam, but for the most part, I thought this was vintage Charlie Morton through the first four innings of this game. And you had that quick top half of the fifth inning. He goes back out there, 
walks the leadoff batter Bryson Stott, who was just annoying in this series. Uh, I don't know why Braves pitchers just didn't refuse to throw him strikes, but uh, regardless, you know, that leads to a leadoff walk. Then you had the throwing error, and then it was just a circus after that. I mean, it leads to, yeah. leads to five runs for the Phillies in the inning and essentially was the ball game. Yeah, a series of unfortunate events might be a good way to put it. But, hey, who needs Bryce Harper when you've got Bryson Stott? Because he was playing the role of Bryce Harper because it seems like every single series that the Braves and Phillies or before that the Braves and Nationals met, Bryce Harper would be found doing something to victimize some Braves pitcher or pitchers over the course of that series. It was Bryson Stott in this one. He was a big reason why they won the first game. And he was right there in the middle of the big five-run rally that gave the Phillies a win in the third game of the series as well. You know, there's a couple of errors in the fifth. The throwing error you mentioned, Charlie Morton, the throw over to first base, nowhere close. Matt Olson had no chance to get that one. And then Robinson Cano also committed an error. And before you knew it, Charlie Morton had to feel like between the fourth inning and not getting much time off, he had to feel like he was searching to get six, seven, eight outs just to get out of what was one perpetual jam and just a really rough way to end his day. It was. It wasn't, like I said, unfortunate because I thought it was vintage Morton early in that game, and then things just unraveled there. The play by Cano, look at, I think what he was trying to do was set it up to try and turn two to help Charlie get out of it. Maybe in hindsight, you just play to get the one at first base and limit the damage there, but uh, yeah, just not not pretty at all in that inning. The Braves defense in general, and you knew in a game where you were going to have Ozuna and left, Rosario and right, you figured defense might not be the best for the Braves, but it was really the throwing air by Morton and the play by Cano that really came back to cost them along with the walk to start that inning. So I hate it for Charlie. You now kind of look at his, you know, last couple of starts, this one, the Mets start, and now you start to have maybe a little bit of questions about Charlie going forward as well. But I still, you know, trust him, believe in him going forward. Just again, that fifth inning just really got away from him. Yeah, and it's just been a season where it just feels like he's had more of those starts than you ever would have expected out of Charlie Morton, just given how well he has pitched over the last five or six seasons. And just as soon as it seems like he's got it, it seems like there's just some start where it doesn't work out. And sometimes I think these day games after a night game, maybe everybody's moving a little bit sluggish. Maybe everybody needs a little bit of coffee AM. That's the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. They are the official coffee of my mornings as well, and they help me get things started. They can help you as well. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can check out their full menu right there on the website. They got coffees, they got teas, they got gift sets, all kinds of good stuff at coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on. You'll get 15% off your first order. Just make sure you put that in at checkout. Check out all the good stuff that they've got there. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now, this was a different looking lineup, something you brought up, Jake, that, you know, Michael Harris is usually the ninth place hitter. The reason he was batting leadoff in this game was Ronald Acuna Jr. Just getting a day off, I think, is the, the old saying goes, the Billy Chapel saying, maybe to clear the mechanism and to get himself just a, a little bit more time away from it, which might sound weird given that the all-star break just occurred, but Ronald's all-star break was a little bit busier than most players was. I think giving him a couple of days is probably a good thing, Jake. And hopefully this is just one more way to help him as he works hard through it, just to clear his head a little bit and come back out refreshed and get ready to get after it on Friday night and go on one of those patented Ronald Acuna Jr. tears. But him not being in the lineup, that was, of course, one of the big stories of the day. 
Yeah, it was. And look, it's it's needed in it. Like it was an early day game after a night game as well. And yeah, you talk about it. You know, you had the all star break, but he was heavily involved in that. It wasn't much of a break for him. And I joked before, it really wasn't a break for a lot of the Braves players because almost half of them went there. So, uh, I mean, and they had a 20 game stretch before that leading into the all star break. And Acuna did the home run derby. He got three at bats in the all star game itself. So it wasn't much of a break for him. So I think this is a smart move because you know he's going to get going. It's just a matter of when. Uh, and anything you can do to try to help facilitate that, to get him in the right mental state, to get him going, uh, I think I'm all for that. So hopefully this does help. Got the off day on Thursday. Get him going over the weekend because when he does get hot and gets going, I mean, this offense is just really going to take off even more. And it's already, you know, runs-wise and slugging-wise, one of the best in ba all of baseball. Yeah, especially when it comes to home runs. It's crazy to think the Braves have hit the most home runs in the National League and are second to only the Yankees, and Ronald Acuna Jr. has yet to reach double digits just yet. That is going to happen. I mean, it's it's out there. He's just got to get things turned around. And as I've said, go on one of those tears where you you just look and all of a sudden you realize he's hit seven home runs in 10 games and you know it just feels like the Ronald Acuna Jr. that we were all expecting and accustomed to seeing. It felt like maybe we were starting to see at some point in the month of June, but the last month or so has just seemed like he's pressing, trying to figure it out, trying to elevate the ball, and it's just not been working out. So we'll talk about Ronald a little bit more on Friday when we get there. There's not a lot of offense to talk about in this game, just five hits, and none of them belong to Austin Riley. His 18-game hitting streak comes to an end, a career-long form. It was the longest streak in Major League Baseball as well. Uh, in this game, though, a multi-hit game for Eddie Rosario. We talked a little bit about him after game two, how good it is to see that, how important Eddie Rosario is going to be down the stretch. And then, of course, you got Dansby Swanson chipping in a hit, a couple of walks, scored ahead of Matt Olson's 20th home run of the season. Jake, would it surprise you to know that Matt Olson here in the month of July has hit the most home runs of any month in his Braves tenure with eight of those? And he's leading Major League Baseball in RBI this month with 24 of those. Yeah, he's been getting it done. And that's why, you know, I've kind of mentioned several times on here the fact that moving Riley to three spot and him in the four spot because he's been driving in runs and he's been doing a lot of damage and Riley been getting on base. You mentioned the hit streak coming to an end. Alec Bohm, who had seven hits in this series, robbed Riley of a hit late in the game as well that I thought was going to extend the streak. But great stuff from Dansby. We saw him the night before, uh, you know, with some great at-bats as well. He followed that up with a good day on Wednesday. He took two walks that I thought were great at bats also had a hit but yeah I think you're looking for positives out of this game it's Eddie Rosario following up his three hit game with a couple of more hits that's got to be huge for the Braves going into this trade deadline and seeing what they have in Eddie Rosario and right now he's stepping it up and at least for these two games he's looking really good like he could be part of the solution out there uh, in the outfield and as we know, the trade deadline is nearly upon us as we close out the month of July. It's extended a couple of extra days into August, but there are some clear needs here, I think, for this team. Outfield and depth there and getting somebody who can be a contributor, I think that's one big piece. If you can find somebody to maybe help out the infield because it's been a rough go for Robinson Cano. DePray's clearly missed Ozzie Albies, and they missed the Ozzie Albies that they were hoping to see get things going himself this year. It had been a little bit of a slow year for him, so maybe getting some help there. The bullpen's always an area where contenders want to add. And, of course, as you mentioned, with Charlie Morton having some ups and downs, and, of course, with Ian Anderson's struggles, maybe Alex Anthopoulos is going to be fielding a whole bunch of calls and trying to you know, add as many pieces as he can to help put this club over the top. We'll find out how all of that plays out over the next few days, but just a few of the many storylines to keep an eye on as the Braves will hope to catch up with the New York Mets. They were going to lose some ground, of course, on Wednesday, the Mets and Yankees in their Subway Series as well. So, uh, the, the Braves were hoping to get maybe a little bit more help 
from the New York Yankees than they ended up getting in that couple of games. But you can't control what's happening in another city with two other teams. you got to take care of business, and the Braves were unable to take this series against the Philadelphia Phillies. A reminder is always to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off their purchases of $500 or more. This includes engagement pieces. Just use the code LOCKEDON. That is code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, and won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free, find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. The Braves are off on Thursday. They'll come on home for a very big weekend that includes a Braves Hall of Fame ceremony, alumni weekend, the Arizona Diamondbacks are coming to town for a three-game series to close out the month, Jake. It's Kyle Wright, 12-4 and four on the season. Madison Bumgarner, the lefty on the mound for the Snakes. He's 6-9 and nine on the year. What are you looking for out of that pitching matchup? If you're you know, watching Kyle Wright go out to the mound and you see those 12 wins, I guess if you're like me, you're looking for another one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's been great all season long. You know, started out hot, then kind of was more of a 3-4 pitcher. Now I think he's back to being that 2-3 or three type arm in the rotation so just want to see more of that i uh, want to see the braves get some hits against madison Baumgartner because that's sometimes a question when he pitches uh against them but uh hopefully they do have a, a solid game against a, a lefty who they've hit pretty well this year in terms of lefties in general so like need a big series after you know a tough series loss in philadelphia two really just kind of ugly games blowing a lead late and then just an ugly game overall on wednesday Really just want to see the Braves play some consistently good baseball once again over the weekend against the Diamondbacks, a team they should take care of business against and hopefully get a sweep going into the trade deadline and pick up a couple of pieces and really get a lot of momentum going into August, which is going yeah. to be a big month, or especially early on. It definitely will be. We've got an 11-game road trip waiting for the Braves. It will include five games at City Field in four days against the New York Mets. So we'll see what both of these clubs look like. Once we get there, but quite a few games between now and then as the Braves will close out the month of July, Arizona Diamondbacks in on Friday night at Truist Park, Kyle Wright against Madison Bumgarner, first pitch at 7.20 p.m. Eastern time. That'll wrap things up here on the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. We appreciate you subscribing, and if you haven't already, go ahead and take care of that and make sure you enable alerts so you get notified every time we drop an episode and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we appreciate you making the Braves postcast part of your baseball regimen, which we have better news for you. But unfortunately, the Braves dropped the series with a 7-2 loss on Wednesday up in Philadelphia. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time right here on the Braves postcast. And until then, so long, everyone.